What is the recommended immunization schedule? The schedule for immunization recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics is that diphtheria and tetanus toxoids with pertussis vaccine, the DPT, be given at two-month intervals starting at age two months for a series of three initial injections followed by a booster. The booster is usually given 12 months after the last injection, but should be given at least six months after the last injection. A booster is given again at age four to six when the child starts school. The NCLEX often asks about a child who does not follow the normal immunization schedule. To review, DPT is routinely given at two months, four months, six months, with a booster given at between 15 and 18 months and at four to six years of age. The adult tetanus toxoid and diphtheria toxoid are given at age 14 to 16 and repeated every 10 years. Pertussis vaccine is not given to children over six years of age. Risks from immunization at that time outweigh risks from disease. For children six and over, tetanus and diphtheria is given, not the DPT. For contaminated wounds, a booster dose of tetanus should be given if more than five years have elapsed since the last dose. No booster is needed if it is a clean minor wound and if immunizations are up to date and no more than 10 years has elapsed since the last dose. Pertussis is not usually given if the child has active neurologic dis disease or disorder. The oral polio vaccination is given at age two months and four months. A third dose of oral polio vaccine is not indicated in the U.S. A booster is given between 15 and 18 months and again between four and six years of age. The HIV conjugate Haemophilus influenza B is now given at two, four, and six months, and again at 12 months and 15 months. The measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine is most effective when given at 15 months or older. It should not be given if the child is allergic to eggs. Diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, and oral polio vaccine may be given simultaneously with MMR. A MMR booster may be given at 11 to 12 years of age. The MMR should not be given to pregnant women. A tuberculin test is done at between 12 and 15 months before starting school between four and six years of age and in adolescence between 14 and 16 years of age. Skin testing should be done for individuals with known contact with a person with tuberculosis. Positive reaction needs further testing. Tuberculin testing is not an immunization, but is usually included in the immunization table. In the U.S., children are not immunized against tuberculosis. In many other countries, infants are given BCG vaccine and will have a positive reaction to the skin test after that. Positive reactions mean that the child has been exposed to and has circulating antibodies to tuberculosis but does not necessarily mean that the child has the disease. Positive reaction indicates the need for further testing. Once one has a positive reaction, their reaction to the skin test will always be positive. Children should be skin tested for tuberculosis prior to their measles vaccination. The measles vaccine may invalidate the tuberculin test, giving a false negative if given within six weeks after the measles immunization. 
If the immunization schedule is interrupted, it is not necessary to reinstate the entire series. It need only be continued, regardless of the length of time that has elapsed. If immunization status is unknown, children should be considered susceptible and appropriate immunizations administered. Live virus vaccines are contraindicated for children with disorders of the immune system or who are immunosuppressed for any reason. Immunizations should be deferred if the child has an acute febrile infection or illness. The common cold without fever is not a contraindication to immunization. This is an NCLEX alert and I want to talk about common diseases that children or young adults get. Um, uh, vaccine preventable diseases, chickenpox. The varicella vaccine protects against chickenpox. It is spread by the air and direct contact. The disease symptoms are rash, tiredness, headache, and fever. Disease complications can be infected blisters, bleeding disorders, and, and, and cephalus, of brain swelling or pneumonia. So that's your chicken pox. Diphtheria, the DTAP vaccine, the diphtheria protects against, uh, vaccine protects against diphtheria. It is spread by air and direct contact. Disease symptoms can be sore throat, mild fever, weakness, swollen glands in the neck. Disease complications can be swelling of the heart muscle, heart failure, coma, and even paralysis death. Hemophilus influenza type B, HIB. The HIB vaccine protects against the hemophilus influenza type B. It is spread by air or direct contact. Uh, uh, disease symptoms, you may have no symptoms unless bacteria enters the blood. When the bacteria enters the blood, then you can get meningitis, intellectual disability, epiglottitis, pneumonia, or even death. Hepatitis A, your Hep A vaccine protects against Hepatitis A. Hepatitis A is spread by direct contact, contaminated food or water. Disease symptoms, there may be no symptoms. Fever, stomach pain, loss of appetite, fatigue, vomiting, jaundice, or dark urine. Disease complications include liver failure, arthrology, uh, or uh, joint pain, just put down joint pain, arthrology, joint pain, right, kidney, pancreatic, and blood disorders. So that's your hepatitis A. Remember that your hepatitis A is spread by the oral fecal root. Hepatitis B, the hepatitis B vaccine protects against this. 
It is spread by contact or body fluids. I think I went over this a little bit with your... Uh, oh no, I didn't do infection control here because that's an advanced topic that I tutor. So, disease symptoms for hepatitis B present as... Uh, again, there may be no symptoms. You may have a fever, headache, weakness, vomiting, or jaundice. Hepatitis B, the biggest thing is chronic liver infection, liver failure, or any type of liver cancer. Uh, influenza flu. The flu vaccine supposedly protects against the influenza flu. Now let me just stop here and tell you for a minute the way the influenza flu works. There's over 200 strands of bacteria that cause the flu. So every year, uh, the powers that be take the top three strands and create a vaccine. So we really just guess about the flu. We really don't know what causes the flu since there's 200 and over 200 different types of bacteria that cause the flu. So this is why you can get a, a flu vaccine and then you say, hey, why am I sick? I had the flu vaccine. The reason is, is because we're just guessing. We take the top three strands from the previous year. But anyway, the flu vaccine is supposed to uh, protect against the flu. It's caused by air or direct contact. Uh, uh, the disease symptoms are fever, muscle pain, sore throat, cough, or extreme fatigue. Uh, the disease complications could be obviously pneumonia. Measles. For the NCLEX, if you see measles, just think of it as an airborne precaution, not a droplet precaution. There's German measles and uh, um, American measles, I guess. So I get the two confused. Uh, rubella is droplet, rubiola is air. So unless the NCLEX specifies which type of measles they're talking about, uh, when you see measles on the NCLEX, it just put it in the airborne precaution. So the MMR uh, vaccine protects against measles. And again, it's air or direct contact. You know what? All of these diseases are direct contact. So when you can really, uh, when you see, when you study infection control, put the disease where it really, really belongs. Okay. Uh, measles is airborne. Of course, you're going to catch it direct contact, but it's really airborne. So it's both, but put it in the airborne uh, section of your mind, for example, when studying for the NCLEX. So what was I talking about? MMR. So MMR can, uh, measles can present as a rash, fever, cough, runny nose, or even pink eye. Uh, disease complications would include encephalus, which is brain swelling, pneumonia, or even death. So that's measles. Mumps. Again, the MMR protects against mumps. Uh, this is... Uh, 
airborne precaution. Of course, it's always spread by direct contact too. Uh, but airborne is where you should put it for memorization of infection control. Anyway, mumps. So, the disease symptoms include swollen salivary glands, fever, headache, tiredness, and muscle pain. Disease complications include meningitis, inflammation of the testicles or ovaries, and deafness. So, that's mumps for you. Uh, pertussis, uh, also known as DTAP, pertussis. Uh, well, having said that, DTAP uh, vaccine protects against pertussis, which is what? Whooping cough, right? Don't, don't forget that. And clicks alert. Pertussis is air and direct contact. Uh, it presents with severe cough, runny nose, apnea, and complications could include pneumonia, and if not treated, death. Polio, we really don't have to worry about polio, but we still vaccinate against it with the IPV. IPV. Uh, polio is spread by air, direct contact, or through the mouth. Uh, there, uh, the disease symptoms, there may be no symptoms, or the person may present with a sore throat, fever, nausea, and headache. Complications from polio are severe, uh, ending in death. Uh, well, paralysis, I should say first. And then death, right? Uh, the pneumococcal bacteria is um, uh, the vaccine for that is your PCV pneumococcal virus. It's spread by air, but you know, I really don't want to say that here because uh, pneumonia is put in the droplet category. And for that matter, so is pertussis. Pertussis is droplet too. Make sure you put pertussis and pneumonia in the, in the droplet category of your brain uh, when you're studying infection control for the NCLEX. That's an NCLEX alert. Okay, uh, okay so pneumococcal bacteria. Uh, there may be no symptoms, or it may show up as pneumonia. Complications from pneumonia would include bacteria in the blood known as sepsis, uh, meningitis, or even death. Okay. Your, your ratovirus or your RV, ratovirus, your RV vaccine protects against the ratovirus. And that's caught, spread through the mouth. And the patient may present with diarrhea, fever, vomiting, 
and severe complications would include severe dehydration uh, by severe dehydration, uh, sorry, uh, diarrhea, my mind doesn't want to say that word, and of course when you have severe diarrhea leading to dehydration, what could that lead to? Confusion, coma, death, by this time you should know these things. Rubella, so uh, the MMR protects against rubella, uh, again, the rubella is air, airborne precautions, and rubiola is droplet precautions. I think I said it backwards just a few minutes ago. Uh, disease symptoms. Children infected with rubella virus sometimes have a rash, fever, or swollen lymph nodes. Uh, disease complications could present as uh, very serious in pregnant women can lead to a miscarriage, stillbirth, premature delivery, and birth defects. So please educate the public about rubella. Uh, tetanus, uh, like the like Anne said, tetanus should be given every 10 years uh, after its first dose, and we know with that your DTAP. Well, know that's exposure through cuts in the skin uh, the disease might present with stiffness in the neck uh, and the abdominal muscles difficulty swallowing muscle spasms and fever uh, complications would include broken bones breathing difficulty and or even death since I'm talking about immunizations, let me go ahead and talk about milestones because this is the way we can tell when a child has a problem is if they're not development, uh, develop, developing properly. So let me go ahead and talk about milestones. At birth, your child should recognize your voice, turn its head towards your breast or your bottle and communicate through body language by fussing or crying uh, and be alert and engaging. Your, your child, even at birth, startles to loud sounds, and I'm not going to say it here, but there's the Babinski reflex. There is some, some reflexes that your child will do at birth, and I'll talk about it when I get to uh, labor and delivery and the neonatal care. The milestone at one month starts to smile, raises head when she's on your he or she is on your stomach, calms down when the baby is rocked, cradled or sung to, and pays attention to faces. At two months of age, your baby begins to smile at other people, coos and makes gurgling sound, begins to follow things with their eyes, and can hold head up by themselves. Oh no, sorry, wait, let me correct that. Can hold their head up, they still need assistance, but at two months of age, they can hold their head up with assistance. That's an NCLEX alert, okay? At four months of age, you're the baby babbles, 
with expression, likes to play with people, reaches for toys with one hand, brings hands to mouth, responds to affection, and holds their head unsupported. This is at four months of age. At six months of age, your baby knows familiar faces, responds to its own name, still brings things to mouth, rolls over in both directions, and strings vowels together like ah, e, o. Maybe they could start to say ma, ma, da, da, but if they don't say the M or the D, they can definitely say ah. And then you as parents can fight over what the baby said first, mommy or daddy, <laughs> right? Up at 12 months of age, the baby cries when mom or dad leaves, says mama and dada, copies gestures, for example, can wave goodbye, may stand alone, and looks at right picture or thing when named. So if you say, look at the car, the baby will look at the car. If you say, look at the apple, the baby should be able to look at the apple at 12 months of age. At 15 months of age, it imitates what you're doing. It drinks from a cup. He or she scribbles on his own. Uh, at 15 months of age, your baby should be able to walk well and says a couple of words other than mama and, and dada. As far as walking, I mean, they're still going to be wobbly, but, you know, they should be able to take a few steps on their own by holding your hand, right? Uh, at 18 months of age, the baby should uh, points to show others something interesting, says several single words, points to one body part, and at this time they may walk up the stairs and, and they may also try to run. This is at 18 months of age. Uh, 19 to 23 months of age plays mainly beside other children follows two-step commands, plays simple make-believe games, and throws the ball overhead. This is what a baby should be able to do. Some of the things the baby should be able to do at 19 to 23 months of age. At two to three years old, the baby should be able to name most familiar things, shows affection for friends without prompting, turns book pages one at a time, and can kick a ball. Uh, the babies at, uh, at this age, toddler age, they can walk well, but it's not uncommon for them to run into the door, the side of the door, or run into the table. This is normal walking for a two-year-old, this, as you can tell, is an NCLEX alert. This was on the NCLEX. That the baby walks clumsily at two to three years of age. 
uh, four to six years of age, speaks very clearly, tells stories, can print some letters and numbers. They ought to be able to when they go to preschool and kindergarten, right? Uh, they may be able to hop, may be able to skip, may be able to jump, and enjoys playing with other children. Again, I'm going to go over more developmental milestones when we talk about neonatal uh, and pediatric care. I just want to talk about it here because often we forget the milestones. Since we're talking about milestones, let's talk about uh, Piaget's theory of cognitive development. We forget to study this. And so real quick, um, a sensory motor development, well, let's go, let me go ahead and read it and do it right. So Piaget's theory of development, let's, uh, we have the sensory motor stage. This is birth to two years old. The infant builds an understanding of himself or herself and reality and how things work through interaction with the environment. They are able to differentiate between themselves and other objects. Learning takes place via a simulation and accommodation. So a simulation means is the organization of information and absorbing it into existing existence, right? That's assimilation. And accommodation is when an object cannot be assimilated and the schemata have to be modified to include the object. That is accommodation. Then we have the pre-operational stage, all right? So the sensory motor stage is birth to two years old. The pre-operational stage is two to four years old. The child is not yet able to conceptualize abstractly, so they think and look at everything logically, right? They need concrete physical situations. Objects are classified in simple ways, especially by important features. That's the pre-operational stage. Concrete operation takes place seven to 11 years old. As physical experience accumulates, accommodation is increased. The child begins to think abstractly and conceptualize creating logical structures that explain his or her physical experiences. That is the concrete operations, ages 7 to 11. And then we have formal operations. This begins at 11 to 15 years of old. Cognition reaches its final form. By this stage, the person no longer requires concrete objects to make rational judgments. He or she is capable of deducing and hypothetical reasoning. His or her ability for abstract thinking is very similar to an adult. Now, this is real quickly going over Piaget's 
cognitive theory of development. Since we're in the same area, let's talk about, uh, we have time here. Let's talk about Erickson's stages of psychosocial development. So Erickson's stages of psychosocial development are as follows. I just want to give you the stages. Trust versus mistrust. Is the world a safe place or is it full of unpredictable events? Right? This is trust versus mistrust. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of hope. By developing a sense of trust, the infant can have hope that as new crises uh, arise, there is a real possibility that other people will be there as a source of support. So that's trust versus mistrust. The second is autonomy versus shame and doubt. The child is developing physically and becoming more mobile. Between ages of 18 months and three years of age, children begin to assert their independence by walking away from their mother, picking which toy to play with, and making choices about what they like to wear, to eat, etc. So this is autonomy versus shame and doubt. If the child is successful in this stage, it will lead to the virtue of will. But let me tell you something. A delicate balance is required from the parent. They must try not to do everything for the child. But if the child fails at a particular task, they must not criticize the child for their failures or accidents, especially uh, 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 peeing their pants, right? Especially when toilet training. Listen, I peed myself until I was seven years old. So please do not criticize the child for their failures and accidents. You know, positive reinforcement, that works for the child. Success in this stage will lead to virtue of will. Third stage is initiative versus guilt. Around age three and continuing to the age of five, children assert themselves more frequently. They are particularly lively, rapid developing in years, um, in the child's years. A, 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 it's a time of vigor and action and your kid might get into all kinds of trouble. This is a good thing, right? Ages three to five. Initiative versus guilt. If they think it's bad, then they're gonna feel bad or feel guilty about doing it. Again, be very careful correcting your child. However, I'm gonna go outside the box here and say that you are the parent. But don't stifle the, per, uh, the child too much. So, a healthy balance between initiative, all right, exploring the world around them, etc., and, and guilt is important. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of purpose. 
All right, stage four, industry or competence versus inferiority. Industry versus inferiority is the fourth stage of Eric Erickson's theory of psychosocial development. The stage occurs during childhood between the ages of five and 12. Children are at the stage where they will be learning to read and to write and to do arithmetic and to do some things on their own and teachers play a very important role in the child's life, which would make sense. This is ages five through 12. So, you know, they're going to school and and doing great things and learning good things and getting along with their classmates. So, competence or industry versus inferiority. Success in this stage will develop the virtue of competence. Number five, you have stage five identity versus role confusion this happens between the ages of 12 and 18 years of age during this stage adolescents search for a sense of self and personal identity through an intense exploration of personal values beliefs and goals so 12 to 18 years old they're 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 young uh, we think they're grown adults, but they're teenagers. So they're, they're exploring the world around them and questioning the world around, around them and, and taking it and identifying. Are they male? Are they female? Um, who do they want to identify with? Who are their friends? So identity versus role confusion. Right? Success in this still, uh, stage will lead to the virtue of fidelity. Fidelity involves being able to commit oneself to others on a basis of accepting others, even when there may be ideological differences. That's what fidelity means. If the child or young teen uh, is confused or in response to role confusion, they might have an identity crisis. An adolescent may begin to experiment with different lifestyles, either with work, education, or political activities. Also, pressuring someone into an identity can result in rebellion in the form of establishing a negative identity and in addition to this feeling of unhappiness. The sixth stage is intimacy versus isolation. This occurs around the years, uh, between the years of 18 to 40 years of age, right? These are uh, people who, intimacy, they, they're, they're, they should be dating, they should be uh, possibly getting married, possibly having children. I know females cannot or should not have children after the age of 40, give or take a few years, right? But this is occurring in young adulthood. We begin to share ourselves more intimately with others. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of love. And Erickson's last stage that he talks about is generativity versus stagnation. Uh, This is ages 40 to 65 years of age. Uh, We establish our careers, 
we settle down with, within a relationship. We begin our own families. And we develop a sense of uh, being a, a, a bigger, a, a part of the bigger picture, right? Uh, Maslow would call it uh, self-actualization, right? We give back to society through raising our children, being productive at work, becoming involved in community activities and organizations. Failing to achieve, uh, to achieve these objectives, we become stagnant and feel unproductive. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of care. And the last stage, I do believe, if memory serves me correctly, is ego integrity versus despair. This is when the person becomes older, 65 plus, right? We become uh, senior citizens, we begin to retire. We tend to slow down our productivity and explore life as a retired person. It is during this time that we contemplate our accomplishments and can develop integrity if we see ourselves as leading a successful life. Success in this stage will lead to virtue of wisdom. Wisdom enables a person to look back on their life and gives them a sense of closure and completeness and also accept death without fear. So, Erickson's theory has a good face validity. Many people find that they can relate to his theories uh, about the various stages of the life cycle through their own experiences. However, uh, I would say that Erickson is rather vague about the causes of development. What kinds of experience must people have to successfully resolve various psychosocial conflicts and move from one stage to another. He's a little vague in, in, in that area. Uh, the theory does not have a universal mechanism for crisis uh, resolution, and this is a topic for a different day, uh, but when, a, when we 